welcome to Night School Initiating Podcast Mode, Podcast Configuration Number One, America's Most Educational Podcast, The Pod People. I'm Matisse Van Rossum, and I say, hey, teacher, leave those kids alone. <laughs> I'm Ben Sheets, and I'm forklift certified. Hi, I'm Cleveland Mosier, and I'm... Just milking these androids. For oh all God, damn it. <laughs> God, God damn it! God damn it! <laughs> Fuck! I'm just. I'm gonna get as much out of these dairy jokes as I can. I'm in my dairy era. You're, you here. are certainly <laughs> in your dairy era. You're a certified yogurt male. That's right, and I have affirmations <laughs> for all of you today. You listen to the those ASMR yogurt male affirmations. I am them. Oh shit! I am the yogurt male. It's me, the yogurt male. It's we, the boys. We're back to talk about Ben's pick this week. Ben, you did it again. You chose one of the craziest movies I've ever seen in my life. (laughs) One of the most insane things I've ever seen. Ben, Uh. Ben has chosen for us the 1990 film... Class of 1999, confusingly. Think about it. <laughs> written and directed by Mark L. Lester. Figure that one out. I love the boldness to do a futuristic movie, but only slightly futuristic. Just yeah, it's near. Future. It's near future, man. The distant future of 1999. <laughs> yeah. yeah. To set the table, this is a sequel to a movie called Class of 1984, also directed by Mark Lester. I think it's kind of lame. Uh, it doesn't hold up super well today. It kind of feels like an after-school special. But the gist is, like, kind of the same. Like, gangs take over the school, and the poor teacher has to fend for himself. And this movie takes that premise and turns the knob up as far as it can go until it breaks. What if What if the gangs haven't just taken over the school? What if the gangs have taken over America? <laughs> Truly. <laughs> what if every major city in the U.S. was under the sway of teenagers with guns? <laughs> this movie dares to ask. We don't have any problems with teenagers with guns in real life. Certainly not. <laughs> yeah, thank God. <laughs> well, what I love about the premise is, like, the first movie's premise, like, is kind of reactionary. Like, it's like... These inner city gangs are ruining the education system. Or and films. this one, like, takes that, like, reactionary premise and, like, pushes it so far that it becomes kind of satire and farcical. Fartsical? So carry on. I, I think the premise is great. This is, like, one of the all-time great b-movies in my opinion like it's not the smartest movie by any means but it's not trying to be no it's like pure entertainment it's not the smartest movie but it is one of the most insane movies i've ever seen and i've i had never ever heard of this movie or the one that came before it prior to you picking it for the podcast. I know, Cleve, you had seen this before because you all had watched it together Yeah, at some point. Then, then you showed this to me a little while, but you showed it the whole movie night group. Yeah, like, well, we all, we all watched it. I saw it and, like, immediately I was like, I gotta show this to everyone. I yeah, know people, this is incredible. The people need to know about yeah, this movie. Yeah, I'm, I'm baby on this one because I had not seen it before. And again, I had never even heard of it. Like, this has never been on my radar as, like, 
a, you know, classic B-movie or anything, but god damn, it fucking should be. Yeah, well, that's the thing, It absolutely should like, be. I agree, everyone I, should know about this movie. I feel like on a people, this is a true diamond in the rough. Like, not only does it have, like, a huge array of, like, great character actors camping it up and mm-hmm. giving, like, understanding the assignment, essentially. Oh, yeah. It also has, like, an incredible team behind the camera. Like, uh, the cinematographer is Mark Irwin, who's most known for being Cronenberg's cinematographer for a lot of his 80s stuff. So he did The Fly, he did Videodrome, The Brood. The lead uh, special effects guy, right before this movie, he was the head of the team for The Blob. Oh, um, shit. Which okay. totally checks out. Tracks. Um, a lot of the animatronics guys were on the same crew. Actually, looking at his IMDb, it's funny because uh, he went straight from the blob to this, but in his IMDb, between the two, uh, he was also the special effects lead for uh, Back to the Future 2, which, like, I'm not a huge fan of that movie, but, like, the special effects are, like, the standout thing. Did Mark Lester do anything else, like noteworthy yeah uh before this right before this actually he directed the original fire starter oh okay yes i think i did see that in his imdb and uh after that he did uh commando the arnold schwarzenegger classic okay okay so this was almost immediately after commando there's one movie in between but you can tell like he has those action chops yeah this is this is like this movie is surprising in a lot of respects, because, like, when you sell it as a B-movie, which, like, I guess technically it is, like, I feel like I generally expect, like, lower quality. Like, the writing is pretty stupid, and some of the acting is not great. But, like, yeah, the the, the effects are great. Like, it looks... It's very well shot. It's extremely well production edited. production design is, Production like, design is, is so crazy. Awesome. They've, when you've got a really good team, you can take your low-budget film and raise your production value. Yeah. And this movie and, is, is just absolutely loaded down with production value. Like, this is definitely a B-movie, but I wouldn't necessarily consider it a low budget movie no, per se. No, it had a, so it had a budget of about seven million dollars and about a million and a half of that was totally just to the special effects yeah and it shows on the screen i would wonder what percentage of that is de- is dedicated to pyrotechnics because yeah. like like i said while we were watching the movie like every time I thought that they had run out of their explosion budget. They did a bigger explosion. Yeah. It's crazy. It's absolutely incredible. I feel like part of the the reason this movie is kind of overlooked is, A, it's a sequel to a movie that's not great. And B, uh, when this movie was released, the distribution company, Vestron, that released it, went out of business right before it came out. So Mark Lester bought uh, the distribution rights and put it out himself. Okay. So it didn't really get like the theatrical momentum That's that terrible. I think it deserved. Yeah. Um, which is unfortunate because like, just talk about an entertaining movie. I guess we can jump straight into like plot details. The uh, year is 1999. Yeah. Yeah. We start with that like almost robotic yeah, voiceover. They have, like fil- they have a cool filter on it. Um, I like it. Yeah. 
gangs have taken over all the main cities and blah blah. In the year 1998, the the crime was so bad that they had to set cordon things off. Now it's 1999. They had to create a Chaz. Yeah. <laughs> Autonomous so, zone. Yeah, like yeah, there's like a war zone around schools are right in the center. And we're in Seattle. But they made clear that this is a nationwide thing. And, yeah. like, you, we see the map at the beginning, like, all the major cities in the U.S. It's like, yeah, the the youth gangs have taken over, and now uh, the, the zones around schools have been designated as free fire zones where police won't enter and... The there gang, are no laws. and there are no, there's no laws, and the gangs rule the streets and are doing drugs and shooting each other, but they all still go to school for some, <laughs> some reason. reason. <laughs> yeah, it, it, fucking fantasy land, silly. Oh, shit, yeah. I mean, the, oh, yeah. The, the, so the con- goddamn goofy. The concept falls flat on its face it's when like, you give it the tiniest modicum of thought. But, again, it's, again, though, but like, who cares? It's like yeah. purely like Fuck a reactionary. <laughs> concept that's just taken so far because Mm -hmm. like the the reactionary mindset would be like these kids in school they're just taking drugs and shooting each other there's too many gangs in our school yeah and And so in order to combat the gangs we need a new type of more powerful teacher yeah it reminds me of a little bit is akira because it's got, like, you know, the kids taking all the drugs with the vials, you know, the good for health, bad for education shit. Like, the, the they're all on biker gangs, and, you know, they're kind of sci-fi, you know, city. It's just yeah, nowhere near as... Except Akira is a thousand times cooler. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, well, it's, it's animated, try- too. But it feels so like it's can... trying to be something like that, you know? Like, it's it, it's going for a similar aesthetic, this, Yeah, the, the movie's a crazy mash of, like... Uh, all kinds of like cultural influences it's like robocop is in there big time robocop terminator obviously you have the road warrior car yeah Yeah. mad max uh clockwork orange yeah gives Uh, me a lot of clockwork the warriors the warriors i I did some prep work for this episode because i fucking love this movie and i wanted to talk knowledgeably on it and Mark Lester said uh, Clockwork Orange is his favorite movie. And Big that's surprise. why he cast Malcolm McDowell. Big surprise. Um, and actually, the lead, Cody Culp, played Brad- by Bradley, Bradley Craig? Craig, which is like mm-hmm. his only like real like lead role. Isn't he... I know he's in Stand By Me. Isn't he the lead kid in Stand By Me alongside River Phoenix? I want to say he's more minor than Okay. That. Um, but it's been a long time he, since i You know, I've he seen... might be, I think, now that I'm thinking about it, he might be one of, um, Kiefer Sutherland's, uh, bully friends. Yeah, I think so. Me. I think so. Um, he's in Nightmare on Elm Street 3 as yeah. well, Dream Warriors. Another banger. Oh, shit. Another mm-hmm. absolute banger. Mark Lester was saying that Bradley Craig's performance in this, uh, when they first got on set, like, it was very understated and kind of boring. And so he went to Malcolm McDowell and was like, in Clockwork Orange, you had such a good presence. What were you thinking when you uh, when you were doing that role? And Malcolm McDowell just tells him, like, be charismatic, be likable, try to win people over. And that, so uh, he, he passed that information on to Bradley Gregg. And I think Bradley Gregg just took it and, like, 
his understanding of that was just ham up every line. Hands down the worst actor in this movie. But it's hilarious, and it kind of works. It's very oh, funny, yeah. but yeah, yeah. And, and it's it's so funny to think that that's, like, taking advice from Malcolm McDowell on being charismatic, and he's about as fucking charismatic as, like, a, a screen door. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, I don't think he understands charisma, so he tries to compensate with loud... Well, he has this Phoenix affect, like River Phoenix or yeah. the likes. Like, he looks like one of them, but he also kind of has the temperament of one of them, where he almost has, like, this too-cool-for-school type of vibe that yeah. he's trying to do, and uh, he really it's leans into it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, he's, he's such a cartoon character. He's, he's, he's the cool guy, and he, he talks like this all the time. And it, it's really silly. Like, yeah. and so it's pretty loud. And yeah, man, like I'm a, I'm a, I'm a school guy. And it's like it's, it's. I'm a, great, a school guy. It's like a, that's what he sounds like. But like, uh, yeah, he, he sounds like a backing character. He doesn't, he doesn't come across like as the main character. He'd be like the, the one-off bully or something. Like, Which is what he was in most of his other <laughs> roles. Yeah. Um, but I think it works for this movie. Honestly. Yeah, yeah, he's fine. Um, I don't know. Yeah, we, we start the movie with him coming out of prison, but we also have like the introduction of the teachers. Uh, in this uh, board meeting of the Department of Educational Defense, it's very—it's a very RoboCop. Uh, <laughs> yes, yes, absolutely. Meeting, yeah. The the Ed two hundred nine mm-hmm. sequence, kind way, of way less fun than the Ed two hundred nine sequence, though. Well, what's super funny is that like we talked about the the sort of like. Uh, digital intro where they show like the map and you've got the robot voice like talking about all this stuff in Seattle and the free fires and blah 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 and after that the very first thing we see the very first shot is uh, of the back of Stacy Keach's head with the greatest with, he's got yeah he's got time. like a, a, a like a bleached white mullet that tapers into a little rat tail and then so we see the back of his head he's standing look out the window and he turns around to face the camera <laughs> and he's got these just like absolute cartoon uh white contact lenses in it looks so, good. so like his like entire eye mustache. is white except for just like the pupil yeah. he's got this little black mustache okay. that's the first like real shot you see in this movie and he's like he's the the head of the weapons co- manufacturer that has gotten the government contract from the the department of educational defense yeah. to repurpose military androids that they were sending into central america yeah. that's the funniest detail yeah. about it it's like yeah. yeah i mean yeah this is still you know just barely post reagan um or right at the the tail end of reagan yeah. um but yeah so they're repurposing three of these these robots uh as teachers to send in to uh, Kennedy High School in Seattle, where Malcolm McDowell is the new principal. To go back to Stacy Keach's oh, get up must. really quick, uh, like uh, apparently that was his idea. Like this he wanted to be an albino. Me. He had a wig guy himself, and like had to convince the producers to buy this three thousand dollar wig. <laughs> that wig cost three thousand dollars. <laughs> yeah. That's insane. It's- yeah. That's crazy. <laughs> also, I I want to be crystal clear. He does not read as albino 
at all. No, but I love the look of his character, so it's, I'll give it a pass. Yeah, I mean, it's deranged. Is it supposed to be an albino? <laughs> yeah. But his mustache is black. That Yes, precisely. His mustache... <laughs> and his eyebrows are black. His mustache and his eyebrows are pitch black, and he is and not. He's like, and he's not pale like an albino. No. He just has a white mullet and white contact lenses in. And he walks... He This whole movie, it was cracking me up, this whole movie, he carries himself like like somebody who very obviously cannot see where they're going <laughs> because of those fucking crazy contacts he's wearing. It's like, yeah, you can tell. Like they, they, they try to hide it by not having him have to like move around any set too much. Yeah. But whenever he does, you can always tell that he's taking the kind of like small, uncertain <laughs> steps. What Jesus is doing right now? The kind, of, the kind of small, uncertain steps of a person who. Is like trying to not trip over we'll things. Yeah. yeah, it's it's so funny. Yeah. Well, oh, man, and he's our main so villain of the of the film. I mean, of course, of course, no one is. who looks like yeah. that is not a, is not a super villain. I looked at it, I felt like, oh, they're like robotic implants or something. That's what I thought. Yeah, like he's an android because he's like he works in tech. So see, they don't they don't say he's albino in the movie itself, so it can read as that, which is. Yeah, Better, I just assumed because he's the head of this robotics company that he's he has, like, cool plans. robot eyes yeah, or something, yeah, yeah, you know? Yeah. Um, but, I think that works better. Than... But that's that's way funnier to know that the get up, the look was Stacy Keach's idea, and he was intending it to make him make the character an albino. <laughs> yeah. I love how like the wig is like flat on the top yeah. too, makes his head look so square. <laughs> I love it so much. They should have. Uh, that's the look that they should have given uh, Paul Bettany in the Da Vinci Code. <laughs> Well, uh, you know, we're introduced to our three teachers, um, played by Patrick... Uh, Patrick Kilpatrick. Kilpatrick, who's uh, great. Pam, Pam Greer. Pam Greer. Yeah, and, so I got excited. Uh, John P... Ryan. Ryan. John P. Ryan. John P. Ryan. Yeah. You know, all three great character actors. Ton of other stuff they've done. Pam Greer, obviously, the big The big star. Which is crazy, because she... I feel like she's the most underutilized out of all of them. Yeah. Yeah, well, it's I funny agree. because on, uh, this yeah, was pre-Jackie Brown, pre-Pam Career Resurgence. Like, she was in other stuff, but she was kind of a minor yeah. role. And, like, apparently right before this, she uh, had, like, a lot of personal illness. So this was her first, like, return mm. to the screen in a couple of years. Okay. Her performance is great, even if it's, like... A little underutilized. Yeah, like. it's it's more understated than I would like from from her, especially um, with like how big the others are going, and like knowing that Pam Greer is obviously capable of that. I guess it makes sense if she's coming back from illness and is you know trying to find her footing and maybe you know doesn't have the the energy or or whatever. Because um, like yeah, that's one of my only like real complaints with this movie is like I'm I'm a little disappointed. Um, by how underutilized she is. Because, I mean, she's, as far as I'm concerned, like, she's one of, like, the biggest names in the movie. Yeah. Outside of, 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 like, Malcolm McDowell. But, yeah, I guess you're right, pre-90s resurgence. The introduction of the three teachers gets us, like, the first, like, inkling in, like, what we're getting in for with this Mm. movie. When uh, John P. Ryan, uh, like, pulls his face up and shows like his robotic skeleton underneath yeah. and it winks 
Yeah, he, at he the, looks like the a Chuck E. Cheese animatronic. It's great. I love it. It's so good. But yeah, we're introduced to those characters. All of them have kind of their own unique thing. Like you said, Pam Greer is a little underutilized compared to the other two, but that's just because like the other two are like chewing the shit out of the scenery. Yeah, per- particularly John P. Ryan. Um, he's he's really the uh, the the leader of of the of the group. Why robot smoke? Yeah, why 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 because, does because it's cool. Why do robots smoke? Yeah, uh John P Ryan the he's the well okay yeah, so all of the robots they're they're uh they each teach a different subject. He teaches history. So yeah, John P Ryan is the the history teacher, so he's the you know, he's like an old you know, very proper, what you call it, tweed jacket, jacket with yeah. the the elbow patches, and he's always got a pipe. And Pam Greer's the chemistry teacher, and then Patrick Kilpatrick is uh, the the gym teacher. So he's like kind of the John P. Ryan. He's the brains. Pam Greer is the she's used. She's the sexy, and Patrick Kilpatrick is the muscle. Yeah, basically, I love. As uh, Cody Culp gets out of prison, like, he's taken by his brothers, and they're driving in, like, this cartoonish car. <laughs> like, the bodywork on the car is yeah. just yeah. Well, so it's it's not even a body kit in the traditional sense. It is a plastic body kit just put over a normal car. And they do this for all the cars in the yeah. movie. They all look like big toys. Yeah, I think they look toys. great, honestly. And I totally agree. I love them. I love them to bits. Uh, I wish more movies did this. Why don't they? It's a delight. I love how they sort of ramp up the design of these things, like, at the beginning. Because, like, like you said, his brothers pick him up in or from, from prison because part of the this plan is putting the teachers in the school and releasing students with prison records yeah. to put back into the school so they can fight the teachers <laughs> to test and see how good they are at discipline at discipline or whatever anyway so yeah so they so they release uh Co- Cody Culp and we get one of the greatest songs when they He's oh my god! Leaving the for like, yeah, for like <laughs> secondary <laughs> credits. Yeah, for like ten seconds or something. Like I, I, I couldn't. <laughs> I, yeah, I couldn't. I couldn't <laughs> hear the lyrics, but there was something about like if you're not in the gang, then you better watch how you hang. <laughs> uh, but but my, my my point was like the car they pick him up in is like it's got one of those body kits on it. But it still looks like relatively normal, but like kind of just like just so slightly futuristic. It kind of looks like Wario's car. Yes. (laughs) Yes, it does. It looks like Wario's car. God, thank you. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Figure out what it was. Yeah, no, it's that. It's yeah, it's like it's like a Cadillac with like extra exaggerated, bulky, sharp, sharp yeah. edges. Yeah. So they pick him up in Wario's car. They pick him up in Wario's car, and <laughs> but then they drive into the into the free fire zone. They enter the free yeah. fire zone, and this is when 
they enter Mad Max <laughs> land, Truly. and we start but to see all Seattle. of the other cars, and they're just like full on like fucking war rigs <laughs> with like mm-hmm. spikes and like metal soldered on them and stuff, and like guns and shit, and it's just yeah, like the the fucking free fire zone is just like post apocalyptic wasteland with just like hundreds of teenagers <laughs> in just like fucking crust punk meets Fleetwood Mac kind of outfits. It's so weird. Yeah, the gang, so the gang cr- aesthetics are, are odd, to say the least. It's all, it's all over like the, the place. What are they, the, the razor edges? Razor heads. Razor yeah. heads. The razor and heads. And they wear black and sometimes bullet chains. And then there's the... Uh, black hearts? The, the black, black hearts. hearts, which is the gang that... that but they don't wear black! Ah! <laughs> But they have black hearts tattooed on their faces. Yeah. Mm, yeah. They black hearts. But they were like purple and yellow, and it's and like one of them is dressed like a like a Victorian with some goth stripes, and like they're kind of almost steampunky, and it's just a mess, man. It's a delightful mess. Yeah, it, it the, looks great though. It, it's all over the place because there's there's lots of there's lots of leather and studs and chains and stuff, but then there's also lots of like scarves and shawls and everybody is wearing like flower like flowery tights you know what it and is? shit it's it's less warriors and mad max and it's more break into electric boogaloo is what it is it's it's a lot like the the costumes in that if you, you guys ever seen break into it's awesome uh the costumes are right but a lot of flowery frills and other like crazy shit and it's a little bit more colorful and you know coming into like late 80s coming into the 90s and i i think yeah, I, I get a lot of break in vibes. Yeah, well, that's the thing. Like, the costumes are very over the top and silly, but one of the things I really respect about this movie is there's so much costume work. Like, Tons. every extra yeah. has, like, a bespoke, like, designed costume for them. Yeah. And, like, it's really impressive. Like, the amount of work done. Yeah, tons of attention to detail. I mean, setting up this whole uh, free fire zone, like, was no small feat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, in the in the background, in like the 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 neighborhood where they're driving through, there's like the front half of a like a plane just sitting there. Yeah, yeah. and, and it, it's it, like, it never gets into the foreground. Yeah, it's incredible. It's just, yeah, like that should be like the feature. Yeah, and it's just <laughs> it's like so amongst cool. all of these other like wrecks of vehicles and stuff. There's one where they do like a shot of it. It's like a police car that is like totally bombed out but the sirens on top are like still relatively yeah. untouched just yeah. enough that you can tell that it's yeah, a so police you know, you car, know it was a cop car. Yeah. It's a cop car. <laughs> so good. Oh man. No, I I just love it. Yeah, they they enter like the the wretched wasteland where there's no law, only the law of of the machine gun and the the youth gangs yeah. where they still go to school. And yet and yet, right. And <laughs> yet at, at the center of this there's still a school that is still like run by like police and stuff and is like a prison the introduction of the school is so fucking funny because like it is just like a regular ass looking school school. but surrounded by like basically like concentration camp like fences and and guard towers and stuff and they're like you know they've got like these these like Gestapo fucking guards with their body armor and masks and stuff on the towers, and they're like everyone must surrender all weapons 
in order well, to enter no, the school. They specifically say automatic weapons. Which yeah, they is say very anyone caught. Anyone Pistols caught are fine. <laughs> like, <laughs> and you see, like all the kids like filing into the gate, and they're all just like dropping off their like them off. they're like AKs and their Uzis and stuff. And it's like, what? So do they? Just pick that up at the end of the day. Like, as they're walking out, they have, like, a coat check ticket or something. Like, <laughs> that they handed the cop. It's like, oh, yeah, this is, here's your fucking sniper rifle. <laughs> it's just so goofy. Oh, it makes no sense. You know what? I I haven't mentioned it yet, but, like, this movie's just, it's an anime, right? Yeah. Like, it's got all the homers like, don't worry about it. Just accept how fucking insane, you know, this, this premise I is. I mean, I was I was thinking about it probably because we were, we were talking about it in the Discord today, but, like, <laughs> this movie is fucking, is some Kojima-ass nonsense. Oh, for sure. <laughs> Cleve, you're always ragging on Kojima, but it's like, this kind of shit is Kojima, this is Kojima-ass stuff. I, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, but there's, there's no point where, like, someone, like, comes in on a flaming unicorn or, uh, you know, any other silly shit. Because like, there's no budget for that. I don't, I, I'm always ragging on Kojima. I don't hate Kojima. Let Kojima be Kojima, that's fine. Let, let him do his thing. I, I'm still trying to understand it and, and figure out if I like it or not, but <laughs> it's fine that it exists. He's welcome to keep doing his thing. Um, well, but it's well, the same kind of thing. It is... The stuff that you're that you're looking at and you're saying this is no, like an anime. It's the same yeah, thing that least, puts in like Kojima's camp. At least like this has like the the tone is shaky, but there is a tone here, you know. Yeah, and I mean in Kojima shit is all in over Klee's the goddamn defense, place. Like, yeah, Kojima at his most head ass can feel a little lol so random. Sure, where, like this feels very cohesive, even though every element is like extremely over the top. Uh, to the point of, you know, kind of caricature. It's, it's all to the service of, like, dystopian future hell. Like, it's always about that. Whether it's robots or the gangs or whatever, the school stuff. It's all made to look like a prison and to be, you know, like, as dystopic as it can be. Like, that's that's always the vibe and it's brought to a cartoon level. And it all has a tone. Kojima is all over the goddamn place. I don't know where to fucking put put his his stuff. Uh, I still get what you mean, though. It is very anime. It's there's very... a character in this movie named Noser, and he's called Noser <laughs> because he snorts a lot of poppers up his nose. Yeah, that fits right into like a Mad Max, like you know. Yeah, and... it's it, and that's not. I don't think that's any more or any less ridiculous than Die Hard Man. No, Die Hard Man's crazier. I I I definitely disagree <laughs> with that. Noser makes sense. It even makes sense in the world. Yeah, like he's always putting drugs up his nose. So they call him Noser. It sounds kind of like Dozer, which is very Mad Max. And they call and they, they call Die Hardman the Die Hardman because he dies Hardman. Yeah. You're making my case for me. Thank you. All right. So No, it's anyway, the same thing. Okay, so it's, it's the same thing. It's like an anime. It's definitely like an anime. It's like to me, it's like one of those like weird high school animes where everyone at the high school is a dog or some shit. See, I, I, I feel like, like saying fuck? it's like an or anime is, is silly and moot though, because like animation you can do so much more with like limited budgets. Like I think what makes this movie truly impressive is what they pull off in real life. Yeah. You know? Absolutely. Sure. Absolutely. Uh, Heightened reality. We we didn't mention it, but Cody Culp has two brothers. One of them is played by Joshua John Miller. He's the child vampire in Near Dark. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, yeah, he gives a great performance. He's uh, he's bragging about being initiated into the game by being jumped in in a week or two. Oh, yeah. Um, he's already got his black heart tattoo. Yeah. 
you know, everyone gets into the school and we get the, the first teacher introduction. Can I pause for a sure. second on this? This is this is a huge confusion for me, right? Is everyone comes into the school and they all get into class and they all look kind of surprised when a teacher comes in. Like normally they just kind of hang out and throw stuff at each other all day. Like, like again, like really, why are these kids still going to school? Yeah, here, here's what I really needed. All right, yeah, that that part I've already I've given up. I've given up on that because because the movie needs to happen. What I think I really needed in this movie was to see the kids interact with a regular human teacher. What does that look like in this world? Well, you had the first movie for that. But it's in 1984. Isn't it like, and it's in present day? Yeah. Or is, is uh, it any of the same characters? No, 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 like no. Like I was no. going to say, But yeah. it's like that same kind of ethos. It's like, you get to see like the chaos that happens. I, again, I don't think it's necessary for context for this. But at the same time, like, yeah, it's just like there are agents of chaos. Like, I just I think that since the, the the robots are coming in to replace the teachers, we should have seen the teachers so that we could better like. Yeah, see, I, I would I, really like to see where like the the youth gangs just like really quickly like murder one of their teachers, you know, right, or beat them up or like or shove them in a trash can, throw them out a window. Yeah, like. yeah, no, I I agree with you actually to see so we can see that like what the schools are like so that there's actually need for these Terminator teachers to come in. Yeah. Yeah, but at the same time, like, I think this movie's paced super well, and I don't want, like, it to slow down to... This would this would take one to two minutes of additional also, screen be pretty time. Exciting it's like sequence, all, I would think. It's like all I, all I would need. Yeah, like, like a teacher being thrown out a window, I'm good. Yeah, exactly. Something like that. A teacher being thrown out a window, a teacher being shoved in the locker. It could, that could even be like something that the characters see in passing on their way to class or something. Like a mob of kids dragging a teacher out of the classroom and like shoving them in a trash can and pushing it down the stairs or something. <laughs> it's just like, as, they see it as you're walking by and you're like, okay, so that's what the teacher's are having to deal with here. Like, the kids really do run this school despite all of the police in full body armor and, uh, like, the, the like, prison gates at every hallway intersection and shit like that. Because, yeah, like, we I really mean, it's don't... It's an interesting challenge for a movie like this because, like, the, the gangs end up being the heroes of the movie. Right. You know, essentially. So you don't want to make them too unlikable from the jump. Uh, I mean, yeah, the gangs do it's end up being... Gone, the, the gangs do end up being the hero at, at the end. But it's an enemy of my enemy situation. Right, right. and could, for most of the movie, too, it's like a lot of the, other, the, the gang characters are are viewed as antagonists. They literally Cody, try to, like, rape the... the the other protagonist yeah the like, principal's they're, they're all, like yeah, bro yeah. they're not yeah they're not worried about like them looking good or not like in, in well the and, Co- and the, the whole point yeah, is that like cody is trying to stay he's trying to lay low he's trying to stay out of trouble yeah. so because he, yeah. he's based because he's on parole Which right I like. I like that mm-hmm. so like he's trying to not gangbang because he doesn't want to be sent back to prison for even longer. So, like, even members of his own gang are, like, hazing him and shit, you know? So, like, I, I don't think there's... You, you have to worry too much about, like, making the gang sympathetic right off the bat, because they're really not. It's, it's 
as you know, Cody is able to, he has his rousing speech at the end to make the two rival get spoilers to make the two rival gangs come together to fight the robot teachers. You know, like that arc is already there. Um, Oh, speaking of our main character and his whole backstory, there was one really like nice detail I enjoyed is when they're going through the metal detectors he triggers it, and they're like, all right, what are you hiding, or whatever. And he shows his chest, and there's a big scar, and he's like, shrapnel. Shrapnel. And, and they're like, all right, and they let him, they show, show us your paperwork, and he shows them that, and then they let him through. And, like, do they ever touch on that? I, I don't think no. they do, and I love that. They shouldn't, right? No, like, that yeah. makes it better. Like, it's like, oh, yeah, he was in, like, an explosion or something at some point. He's, These streets are hard. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, that's fine. I, I, I love that that addition. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's a lot of little texture in this movie like that. Like, mm-hmm. the introduction of uh, his mom, just very briefly, yeah. in that one scene. Just where he, fighting he over back. their poppers. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, like, that adds so much detail to oh. his character without really having to dwell on it too much. What was the name of the drug? Sneech? What was uh, it? Edge. Edge. Same thing. Sneech. This mo- Okay. This is a great uh, a great uh, on ramp to uh, the fact that this movie is gay as shit. Oh yeah, <laughs> this movie, erotic, this yeah. movie yeah. is <laughs> this this movie is a crusty homoerotic <laughs> fever dream. Well, yeah. gay as hell. Yeah, exactly. I mean, we've already we've already mentioned like the very the the flamboyant kind of costumes. Like like I mentioned, it's like there's a lot of Fleetwood Mac kind of shit. There's lots of scarves and shawls, and like the leader the leader of the rival gang is like where in the first scene we see him in in the classroom, he's wearing like lipstick and like eyeliner. Hair and metal shit. was very popular. At the sure, time. yeah, sure, but uh, you know the 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 drug the drug is called Ed is Ed. Edge. They're edging. They're, they're, they're edging. <laughs> literally, literally, all the drugs that they're doing in this movie are poppers. Straight up, right? Yeah. Pretty gay. Extremely Pretty gay. gay. Extremely <laughs> gay. And despite the fact that we do have a female love interest for Cody, uh, who's uh, the principal's daughter, Malcolm McDowell's daughter, he's more interested um, in his homies. Bro, they have way less sexual chemistry than him and the and the rival gang member do. So the, the rival gang, him and the rival gang leader, who's like his enemy for most of the movie. It's like every time they're in like a standoff, they're like in kissing distance. They're like locked eyes, tight pants. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, bro. They're rumble. fucking flowery tights and they're striped shirts, and they're like inches away from each other's faces and they've just gotten done snorting a bunch of poppers. Like, this movie is gay as hell, hell. dude. <laughs> uh, uh, both edgy. Non, non-derogatory. No, no, of course <laughs> this not. Movie, this no, movie is just gay, very earnest. This movie gay uh, as hell. Gay-coded, queer-coded. Yeah, <laughs> yeah absolutely. <laughs> well, we're introduced to all three of the teachers. First one is Pam Greer. Um, and Pam Greer has that introductory sequence where, you know, the... The kids are hassling her, or hassling one student in particular, and telling her to fuck off. Yeah. There's a couple of normal students tossed into the mix who can be bullied. I I would too, because they really put a lot of weight on that when he's like, yeah, you know what? Fuck off. It's like, it's the lamest thing you can say. It's, it's like, like, ooh, damn, oh, got her. Really? Yeah, fucking roasted. All right. Yeah. Yeah, got anything else? Well, uh, Either, like, bombs you're going to drop? Like, one fucking... of my favorite things in this whole movie is the Robo-Hud. 
Yes. Yeah. <laughs> just, just we get our introduction to the robo hide in this scene. You know, she goes up, and at first she's saying, like, be cool. You know, everyone yeah. be cool, and this will be okay. She's trying to but that's not uh, very cool. kind of get it taken care of with words. And when words don't work, she uh, escalates to punishment. Yeah. And, uh, Punish mode. You know, it's a, it's a list that is selected from and she picks punishment and then there's a list of options for punishment yeah it's, it's like, like mild moderate severe and yeah. then like she goes to moderate and then it's like punches karate kicks, moves karate moves <laughs> fight combination one fight, fight combination, combination two, two. <laughs> it's so I good it. i love it and it, it it does it kind of feels like whenever it pops up like you're spinning a roulette wheel like ooh, what's it gonna be this yeah. time and i love that that's that's really fun i i wouldn't change that for the yeah. world it's well a, i i love boy. on top of that like it's paired with this control room with stacy keach and yeah. like a bunch of scientists like getting real horny over that violence everything i like how he has to put on a lab coat to walk <laughs> into that room to i'm mess. doing science things now yeah. gotta put on my lab coat uh, yeah. so put on good. the lab coat and then walk down three stairs without falling <laughs> <laughs> a real <laughs> to, get, to get into the lab yeah but yeah. like it, it's 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 like uh he's he's so horny for violence like he's like constantly like biting his lip and like his yeah. eyes get real wide and his his eyebrows raise like he is so fucking and it's like all the other it's like see, all the, like those youths to get yeah. killed like all the other like uh technicians in the room are like i don't know like yeah, what's going uh, on boss uh there it yeah. seems like they're getting hung up on like they're having a hard time integrating with like the the education modules that we installed and he's like they're machines they integrate with what we program them to do we think we think yeah. <laughs> um the, the tech talk if you could even call it that this movie is hilarious yeah, yeah it's, it's always like speculative and like it, you get the impression like they don't even know how they're programmed like i love it well well, yeah, the the whole thing makes it seem I'm not looking like for hard they just no, no, they took not. these uh, uh, attack <laughs> attack robots from Central America and just threw in like Chat GPT into them and yeah. this, like basic education module, yeah, um, and let them go off, uh, which is hilarious. Um, but I love how like after that first scene where Pam Greer beats the shit out of the kid, like. The whole control room is like applauding and like, like oh yeah, did it, boys. <laughs> very nice. We did yeah. it. Good job. The school like, is under control. Yeah, they're just gonna teach after that, I guess. Like, yeah. Well, that and see, that's that's something else that I would have liked to see a little bit more of. I mean, I know there's not really time for it, but mm-hmm. I I w- I like to see them whipping the class into submission and then be like, okay, now open your books to page so and so. The only one who we really get doing that is is John P. Ryan, yeah. the history teacher, because of course he has to while he's explaining history. It's all like fucking like, war history and stuff. He's talking about, like, the Trojan War and Achilles and his heel and... You all, the what what does this teach us is that you always have to isolate the enemy's weakness. You have to find their weak point and attack and attack, and you know that sort of becomes like their whole as their mission escalates. Like he he's like their their strategy. I guy. agree, though. I totally agree. Like it would have been really funny 
to see like Pam Greer like pick up one of the 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 gangbangers and like throw him against a wall and like he splats and breaks his spine or whatever and then she's like all right open your textbooks and like all the kids are kind of like scared and shaking and like trying to focus and like deal with the trauma that yeah. they just saw like I don't know I think that'd be pretty funny but yeah we don't I I do I I do really like uh, I guess the kids are all too hard they're too cool you know? after that when they go to history class with with John P Ryan um. And he basically the same thing. A couple of kids are acting up. He switches into discipline mode. Uh, <laughs> but his discipline mode is to uh, spank two kids so hard that they are unconscious. <laughs> <laughs> I love that whole scene because like uh, there's like a brawl that breaks out in the back of the class. And he calmly walks back. Grabs the both of them by the collar, like throws one to the ground and like puts his feet on him and the other like over his knees and just like robotically spank, 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 spank. spank. It's the same noise repeated. It's It's the exact same sound effect over and over and over Because he's he's a perfect killing machine. So he spanks perfectly. Yeah. Um, And I love that. I really do like how he has like the other like youth like under his foot. When he's yeah. like spanking yeah. the other one over, so and like he he's, throws he's that kid control. on the ground and picks the other kid yeah, up just and rolls him off, yeah. spanks him too, and then he's rolls like them both smiling off. Smiling while he does it too, it's so good. Yeah. And then, and then they're both just like sprawled on the floor, like barely conscious from, <laughs> from being spanked yeah. so bad. Like you get the vibe because he's like he's like obviously has like a metal endoskeleton that like their their fucking pelvises have just been like shattered. Like yeah. there's like nothing yeah. left. Like, spanked into submission yeah again very gay very gay <laughs> yeah it's true pam Grey doesn't do any spanking she doesn't do any no spanking. it's the old guy with the dudes it's not- and then and then we go to the to gym class where well, patrick kilpatrick <laughs> yeah. is dominating kids on the wrestling mat <laughs> shaking my head and- yeah well the most frustrating part of that introduction is like Right before it, we get the scene where uh, Christy, uh, Malcolm McDowell, the principal's daughter, is almost raped. And yes. Cody Colt comes in and saves her and is brought to the principal's office because of it. Because he gets caught fighting. Uh, yeah, Patrick Kilpatrick is the one who catches him. Um, and uh, in gym class, he decides to discipline him. Yeah. After the fact. By tossing him around on the, the wrestling yeah. mat. <laughs> Just power bombing him. I know. I, I, I will say, um, we, we've mentioned her a couple of times, the, the Christie character, the principal's daughter. I don't know. I, I feel like she is, she, she kind of like sticks out in this movie in, in a way that I had a hard time kind of reconciling because it's like, I feel like she's really just there for, as they say on Red Letter Media, so it's a case of the not gays, right? Mm-hmm. Where she's there to be the the romantic interest, the love interest for, for our protagonist, Cody Culp, but she doesn't really do much in the movie. She serves as sort of the damsel in distress later at the end, and she doesn't fit into the setting because she's like 
a normal well intentionally so because she's like the daughter of the principal right and therefore she wants to go to the same school i i didn't well no she said she said that her dad moved her that sounds like it makes perfect sense (laughs) (laughs) good good job good job movie yeah like well i mean her her she says that her dad moved her to the school and she she even says later like if dad sees me with you then he's gonna send me back to my old school yeah and she says that like it's a bad like it's a thing. bad thing yeah. but it's like right like malcolm mcdowell is brought in as like this new principal to try to like whip this school that's in like a literal war zone into shape why does he want to bring his daughter like his good like non-gang affiliated yeah. like pretty young daughter into this because as you mentioned already like like second day like she almost gets raped in the schoolyard (laughs) and cody saves her and when he gets taken to the principal's office malcolm mcdowell is like is like you weren't supposed to be caught in like getting into any kind of trouble like no fights of any kind and he's like that fight started because so and so was gonna rape your daughter and he's like well i appreciate what you tried to do for her but you shouldn't be fighting it's like what what (laughs) what (laughs) i just like i i i kept thinking that like okay like there's gonna be a reason for her, but it's really, it's just, it's just so... Our protagonist is... Has is, a love interest. Yeah, has a love yeah, interest. Yeah, is notably hetero. Is no, you, yeah, is, would, is, is hetero. So he has a, a, print, a damsel to save at the end, somebody, somebody he can kiss and walk off into the sunset. There's the another end. element, too, and that's that the, um, the, the, the dead cards what are they called what's this gang the the, the black hearts black hearts yeah they that's what's right. so the hard about this cards. The, the dead cards i don't know the, the whatever <laughs> the, one of the other gang members is like a blonde and and she she seems really bitter she seems particularly bitter that, that he's left and you get i got the impression that like she's also bitter because she liked him yeah, they maybe they were a thing up. before he went off to prison. Yeah, or like she really wanted it to be a thing, but he's too gay. But it's like if all of so, the if all of the kids, know. like if these schools are 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 you know fucking post apocalypse Mad Max hellscapes, it would make sense that if there's going to be like a female love interest, that it's like that girl, right? Yeah, or you know, like some some fucking like punk gang chick, right? Instead of this like. Like pretty perfect preppy principal's daughter character who is in this prison school for some reason. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I don't know. I just it's yeah. not a, it's not a huge deal, I guess. Yeah, but it was I mean, just, ultimately, I didn't mind it too much. It's fine. Like, it's funny. At the end of the day, like Cody is supposed to be like a fish out of water because he's trying to stay on the straight and narrow outside right. of gang life. And she's also a fish out of water. Right. So they, the they come together. And so he's trying to be good and keep his nose clean. So he's drawn to the, you know, the, the good girl who's not in the gang. Like, yeah, I, I guess I, I get it. Like it's, it's fine. Yeah. It's, it's not any dumber than that. These kids are still going to school in the first place. Yeah. Well, with the introduction of Patrick Kilpatrick doing uh, signature moves, on Cody, <laughs> he just yeah, tossing him around and <laughs> pile driving him and uh, <laughs> uh, putting him in elbow locks and shit. 
one of the the other kids who he was beaten up beaten before. Up on, yeah. yeah, he uh, goes to his locker and gets a gun. <laughs> he gets a yeah, after pop. snorting a bunch of poppers, yeah. he gets fucking crazy on poppers and gets a gun and goes and tries to shoot Patrick Kilpatrick and uh, Patrick Kilpatrick Kilpatrick's him. <laughs> Just uh, snaps his snaps his neck. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's your most classic Terminator uh, style android. Um, but then uh, uh, John P. Ryan's character, the history teacher, uh, kills. It's Cody's other brother, right? Yeah, um, not actually his brother though, because he does like I think it's it's a surrogate brother situation because he he says that his he, he specifically tells a friend. His mother. Gave oh, his mother gave yeah the gold chain. Yeah, that's that right. Really yeah, I mean they might as well be brothers. Yeah, really fucking chains. Well, they're all blood. yeah they're all hanging out at at Cody's house, and when uh, the younger brothers fighting with the mom over who gets to keep the poppers, the drugs. Um, but uh, yeah, he. I think that's that's Noser, isn't it? That character is is Noser because he's got the he's got the popper habit. He's got a locker full of poppers. And John P. Ryan kills him by shoving a bunch of poppers down his throat. I love that uh, effect because uh, at first it's silly and, like, he's, like, vomiting out, like, pink goo. But then we get a close-up and, like, there's tons of, like, bits of glass in his face. Yeah, because he's like... just shoving the whole vials, like, down yeah. his throat. And then they're like, they're like, oh, yeah, he he had a drug problem. He had a drug habit, so, yeah, he just died of an overdose. But our protagonist sees that he pockets the rosary, that the robot pockets yeah, the Yeah, he rosary. comes back in, he puts the, the I, I like that the robot the takes, a, yeah. takes a trophy. I think it's fun. So he goes to investigate that later. Goes to their house, sees that there's nothing in their houses. Yeah, they all they all li- all three teachers live together in one house, and they just have uh, kitchen cabinets full of WD forty. Amazing! I forgot about that. That's yeah. so cartoonish. Yeah, so and the fridge the fridge is full of like liquid nitrogen or something like canisters and shit. I like how when they go into uh like one of the rooms, there's just like a couple of boxes on the floor, and they're like, "Oh, this is definitely Mrs. What's Her Face's room, Pam Greer's character." And uh, Christy just reaches into the box and pulls out a lacy bra, and she's like, "This doesn't make any sense." She's a woman. Women usually buy... They have lots of things. They have lots of stuff. They don't just buy one bra. There would be You know, panties. women always having stuff. There would be panties to go with this. There would be all kinds... Yeah, women have lots of things. They love to have... They love to buy things and to have things. That's more the concern than the fact that there's no beds in this house. Yeah, there's no... There's three chairs by the door. Yeah, it's just cabinets. Yeah, it's just like three chairs and then cabinets full of WD-40 and like (laughs) one box with like a bra in it. It's It's just like how... It's just an excuse uh, to to tell the audience that Pam Greer's robot character isn't wearing a bra. (laughs) Yeah, maybe I'm, I, I'm, I, I'm not even joking. Like that's I, I really think that's what that scene is for. But anyway, yeah. So well, they see nothing in the house. Why? 
Why would she have a box of bras if she wasn't There's wearing... just one bra on the box. That's the problem. Is there's only one. Maybe she no only... Yeah, but maybe she only has two. Yeah. And she's wearing one. She has one. multiple other outfits. Well, she's certainly not wearing one later in the movie. Yeah, that's true. More on that later. Yeah, that's true. Um, but... So the 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 robots come home and uh, they see Cody and Christy fleeing and you know Co- Cody of course has a cool motorcycle. Um, well, it's, yeah, it's not as cool as one from Akira, like you had mentioned earlier. But... No, it's not. But yeah, he's got he's got a cool motorcycle, and so he and Christy hop Very on square. that and they they take off and all of the robots pile into their Ford Taurus. And, uh, and take off after them, and a car chase ensues that ends with uh, Cody basically baiting them into driving the car off the end of a pier, yeah. uh, which is fucking awesome. <laughs> it's incredible. Because well, they actually sent that car into the water. Like, I, I, I mid-air the... they say something like, I don't like getting wet. I hate water. Yeah, is the lie. I hate water. <laughs> I hate sand. It gets everywhere. Um, it's like but, as, yeah, as they're flying. Uh, one tidbit I got from the commentary is the stunt coordinator for this was actually a like a legendary stunt coordinator guy who did a lot of the the Charles Bronson movies and mm. Eastwood movies. He did like Dirty Harry and Mr. stuff. Cannon earlier. And uh, that totally checks out, yeah. like yeah, especially with all the motorcycle stunts, like yeah. Well, and then you know later there's the there's the gang war scene that uh, you know jumping ahead a little bit that the the robots uh, the, the teachers basically manufacture getting the gangs to fight each other and like there's a whole shootout and in like a you know fucking yard by a dock or whatever, but like. That, there's a lot of like crazy stunt work in in that scene, like lots of explosions, lots of people getting tossed around. Um, there's one stunt that I I mentioned while we were watching that looked like it was not a super clean. So that 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 stunt guy looked like he kind of landed on folded his neck, folded in half almost. Yeah. yeah, folded in half and tossed, and like he kind of landed on his neck, like right in front of the camera. I hope he was all right. <laughs> I hope he was all right. That looked like a pretty rough bump to me, but like, yeah, again, it's just like a, a a high a high level of of quality and like the technical work in this movie. Absolutely, sending the car into the river and everything like they. Yeah. One of my <laughs> my favorite cool. like uh, stunts that they do are special effects. It's it's a special effect, it's not really a stunt. Um, that they do comes up next, and that's the robots decide to to do alternative warfare and put pit the gangs against each other and do all this other stuff. So the first thing they do is they hunt down Angel, the younger brother. And um there's a there's a short chase and then the the P, the, the phys ed one picks him up and just hucks him like <laughs> fucking like fucking 12 feet and then up uh, and then at a wall. Yeah. Like and it's it's a dummy and it's it's beautiful. It it's so funny. I uh, I remember like the first time uh, you you show that to us Ben as a group like we just kept running it back and just kept like just seeing this guy like just hurl this like this kid <laughs> this like eight yeah. year old against the wall it's so good man it's uh because like it's it's like the doll has like just the right amount of weight so when he hits the wall it like fucking rattles around and man it's and it's it's so far out like he hucks it too yeah like it's it's impressive and funny and. No, it looks awesome. I uh, I, I love I, I just love a movie too that's not afraid to like take a kid who's like I don't know five four and a half feet tall like he's super short and just huck him against a wall. It's yeah. excellent. Like yeah, this movie doesn't give a fuck. Uh, and then 
you know, the our, our protagonist finds him and they think it's the enemy gang and so they well, have a big well, lead and they all yeah, shoot at each other. They and... were playing basketball and uh, the robots took the basketball and wrote Warzone at noon. Yeah, on that's it. right. <laughs> And the whole place blood. is a war zone, so that doesn't really specify very much. Like, where... I guess they have a, oh, a designated. Have a, yeah. It does look kind of like an like an airsoft arena, or yeah. that's precisely yeah. what it looks like. <laughs> yeah, they, they play it, more. and they do the same thing where they square off on either side and hide behind barrels and pallets and cars and stuff and just shoot at each other. Yeah, <laughs> and then the teachers show up and you know start killing both gangs. They're like, oh well get them together and so they can take each other out and then we'll clean up the mess um they do one of the always my my favorite uh kills in movies is where somebody reaches through punches through a wall grabs some somebody around the waist and then pulls them through and snaps them in half that was a gag they took directly from the blob because they'd worked on it oh, right yeah. before, but you know when they pull the the woman into the the drain, yeah, you get that same uh, like fold in half thing. Yeah, yeah. that's so good. Um, but yeah, I love the aftermath of that when you look through the hole and like there's just two halves of the body. Yeah, into <laughs> a split by it, and yeah. the t- and the and John P Ryan is just standing there and. Not a, dro- not a drop of blood yeah. on him. <laughs> yeah, not a drop of blood on him. Uh, should. They really should have had him smoking his pipe, pipe. in that yeah. in that shot. That would have yeah. been really good. But again, yeah, just to me, just like an anime villain. Like, it's excellent. Yeah, just standing on the other side of the wall. Yeah. So goofy. So at this point, you know, there, there's been some uh, scenes that we skipped over where Malcolm McDowell is, like, trying to talk to Stacey Keach and being like, hey, man, your robots are, like kind of killing my students you're getting it's getting a little bit out of control <laughs> at the bar well i at, at one point first it's in you're his first it's in his office and stacy keach is eating a banana and then <laughs> so dramatic iconic really then, really uh, really hamming it up with that banana and then yeah then there's a scene a later pot. where they're like at some like fancy it looks like they're on a date it's like, <laughs> yeah, like they're exactly. like a, they're like a really nice restaurant for yeah. some reason and Stacy Keach is drinking milk out of a wine glass it's like as we always say fucking pure psycho shit is just drinking milk well um, it's funny for a couple of reasons a because like it's opposite Malcolm McDowell Clockwork Orange of course yeah and like b like He's playing into like the the all white aesthetic that right, he's, exactly. he's doing. <laughs> so, wonderful. Do you think like because okay, like, it's his idea to be an albino, right? Yeah. Do you think it was also his idea to have the milk because it's also oh, white? Almost definitely. Because albino. I don't know. I I would say that's that's that could be a Mark Lester thing because Clockwork Orange. Yeah, that's true. Uh, yeah. yeah. Well, they should have had Malcolm McDowell drinking the milk. It it's makes funnier more that it's opposite him. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, because I mean, it wouldn't make any sense for Malcolm McDowell's character yeah, to be drinking right. milk, and but but <laughs> Stacey Keach's weird fucking contacts and his white mullet, He's like, all milked up. yeah, exactly. Like, no, it makes it makes sense for him. And like, yeah, you know, the banana, a banana when you peel it, it's white on the inside. You know, I'm so confused. Like, <laughs> the banana is so funny because like he he responds to Malcolm McDowell like. Saying like you shouldn't beat the shit out of and kill kids, and uh, Stacey Keach just responds by looking over at him and says, 
like I disagree. It like sensually, like yeah, very takes coy. A, takes a nibble on his banana, oh, gives a little chomp. Again, very gay. <laughs> yes, very gay. Yeah, it's super gay. And then the scene just ends. Yeah, yeah right there. We don't see the rest of their argument. Does Malcolm Dodge give up there? Who knows? But yeah, through I mean, all of this, we—it's not even really a rev- so much of a reveal. But Stacey Keach is basically like, I'm trying to do this so I can have the government contract to deploy these robots nationwide and then I'll make billions of dollars and all of the kids will be killed. Mwahaha. <laughs> but you'll be the, the figurehead, Malcolm McDowell. Yeah. You'll be the one on the cover of Time magazine. I the, the I I'll say like his his motivation is not like that is not super clear to me. Like I'm, I have a hard time making putting together how, like the wholesale slaughter of like a bunch of children is going to make the program a success. Whatever. I think he's just trying to sell the robots. I yeah. I think that's why. That's what's like, gonna make his money. This is where the satire kind of works for me because it's like. If gang violence started going out of control, like, the solution from the American government, as currently exists and, like, existed in the 80s, would be not improve the education system. It would be send Central American robots to to kill any, any violent you know yeah that's what it is it's just it's just increased police presence basically and so the whole concept is like yeah uh the whole thing with this school is prove that it it curbs the violence by any means necessary and then he can sell it to every city who wants to you know curb the gang violence or whatever curbing violence with ultra violence (laughs) truly for uh, the Clockwork Orange reference. We talked a little bit about the shootout. Yeah. Um, and uh, pretty shortly after that, Cody Culp escapes. Yeah. And the the teachers, one of the teachers uh, says that, you know, the mission was a failure because of it. But the other one was like, no, we, we know the weakness now. Um, yeah. So we can attack. Yeah. Um, and... So their their new strategy is to kidnap um, the principal's daughter, yeah, um, the love interest, and uh, on the phone, Pam Greer, who kidnaps her, does like the opposing gang's voice, yeah, um, which is fun. That's a fun to try to VR. yeah to try to make Cody think that the 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 razor heads have kidnapped uh, Christy, but. He realizes, he's like, why would so-and-so still be at school if he doesn't have to be? He hates school. (laughs) But he never has to be. It's a war zone. Right, exactly. (laughs) But he's like, because Paper is like, meet me at the school. I've got your girlfriend. He's like, but why would he be at the school? He hates school. It must be the teacher robots. (laughs) And... So he then manages to rally both gangs. Yeah, well, uh, when he's coming to that realization, one little detail that I wanted to mention is there's a song playing in the background, and it's uh, Head Like a Hole by Nine Inch Nails. The background on how that came to be is really interesting. Apparently, uh, 
you know, since this was shooting in Seattle, like post grunge, uh, kind of n- not even post grunge, no pre grunge, like pre grunge, early grunge era. Um, Mark Lester w- said he was just going to different uh, venues to scope out local talent and bands in the area to see if he can find any people to do stuff for the the movie. Mm-hmm. And uh, he goes to this little dive bar. And he sees a band that he's really impressed with, and he goes backstage and he talks to the the lead, and he's like, "I'm doing this movie. I really loved your music. Can I buy a song and put it in my movie?" And the guy's like, "Sure, we'll sell it to you for a hundred dollars." And so they get it in the movie for a hundred dollars, and the dude was Trent Reznor, Oscar-winning composer Trent Reznor. And this was right before Nine Inch Nails blew up. This was before they put out Pretty Hate Machine. I was gonna say, like, "Head Like a Hole" is one of their like most famous and recognizable yeah, songs. Yeah, this was this was free any record at all. Like, this was right. At the at the beginning of their career, so they they lucked out truly. Yeah, and no what's kidding. Crazy is like they got head like a hole banger track sounds clearly way better than any of the other songs that they use, and they use like fifteen seconds of it in the background. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah crazy. I mean, it's, yeah, it's, like you 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 got the rights to to, to fucking. You know. Well, again, it's before that song was before Nine Inch Nails was famous because otherwise it would have been a true needle drop instead yeah. of diegetic background music. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it is. Uh, I always forget that that Nine Inch Nails has been around since the late '80s. Yeah. I always think of them as like a '90s band. Yeah, but... it's a crazy coincidence that it even made it. Yeah, that's so funny. <laughs> so funny. Wild. Also, in terms of like weird coincidental cameos, like this was actually Rose McGowan's first movie. She's an uncredited role as one of the students, like just of the hundreds of Where? extras. In a couple of the class scenes, like, there's so many people that you can barely tell. It only, yeah, like, I, whips by her a couple times. But... I certainly did not notice yeah. her. It's crazy. Like, uh, this was before, like, Scream or anything like that. Wow. Um, yeah, so uh, they meet up at the school, um, both of the gangs. Yes. And both of the gangs, like, have their backup crews ready to go. Yeah. They managed to come to a temporary peace to to team up to fight the the evil Terminator teachers, uh, and so they all ride their motorcycles into the school for the the big climactic showdown, which is which is really great. I don't know why they ride. They're riding their motorcycles around it's in the hall. It's super halls. impractical, but super cool at the same time. Like one of them shoots like a a rocket at the front of the school and blow... Oh, to blow up the gate so they can get in. And they just ride through up the stairs on their motorbikes. Yeah, it's a very cool, dramatic way to enter the, uh, the, the school. But, like, once they're actually in the school... 
it just feels wildly impractical because they (laughs) it's hard they can't maneuver very well there's multiple scenes where they're like checking classrooms and they go and they kind of have to like scoot their bikes in like a circle around all the desks to like get back out of the room and that gets one of them killed when uh fucking patrick kilpatrick shows up with his missile launcher arm and just blasts one of them out the side of the building which is a spectacular effect so cool so fucking amazing this movie has plenty of flaws but like this final like 20 or 30 minute climactic sequence in the school goes crazy so so unbelievably hard hard. the first uh robot reveal is pam greer Mm -hmm. and uh i love that sequence it's such a great gag because like she like clotheslines one of them off their motorcycle. Oh yeah, and like uh, another reason you shouldn't they, be riding the motorcycle. Yeah, they they respond by uh, just blasting the shit out of her with like multiple clips of an Uzi. Yeah, and uh, she doesn't go down. But she's leaking and, uh, a lot of green goo. Yeah, and... Uh, yeah, it seems like getting shot absolutely does affect the robots and damages them, but they could give two shits. Which is kind of funny. Yeah. yeah. Like, normally, like, robots don't care that they're being shot because they're impenetrable, like, steel hu- hulls. But but here, like, there's, like, bits falling out. Like, it, it seems like they're taking, like, significant damage, but also they just don't care. Yeah, well, I, I love this shot, you know, where it shows, like whatever insides like drops out of the middle of her yeah and then she like rips open her chest to show like robotic tits yeah and like but then like the real tits are also like kind of poking out from the side on the outside yeah. again no bra like i was saying earlier they yeah. set that up well so not that we titties. can see she's still got the coat on top of it and everything yeah um, there could be a bra in there but the the other shot that I love so much from that scene is her hand is a flamethrower. Yeah, it, we have that awesome scene where it like melts. Yeah, yeah it's like, like a, Indiana Jones it's like style. A, yeah, st- like a stop motion yeah. like melting effect. Yeah, like there's yeah. like a prop. Yeah, like a like a wax hand and it melts away. Yeah, and there's the flamethrower underneath. So cool. That's awesome. I like how all the different robots like have their their different like hidden arm weapon. Yeah, she's because she's got the flamethrower. Patrick Kilpatrick has uh, a little like cluster missile launcher, um, and then John P. Ryan has like a, a a claw that has like a drill in the middle of it. Yeah, so. I really love the one where he grabs the the one because he's like, I love molding young minds. <laughs> And the, and the drill goes out and, like, yeah. bores into the kid's head. <laughs> Trepanates him. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. The claw looks sick, too. Yeah. Like, you know, there's a there's a lot of, like, cool sci-fi claw designs out there. It's a good one. And the way it, like, it just pops out of his hand. Yeah. Like, it, it's and so it good. bursts out of his, his the, the flesh is sick. All it's of that, sick. that effects work is just incredible. It all I love the, the sequence with the robotic rocket launcher coming, like, widening like the forearm mm-hmm. um as well like it's and like all the so little well rockets done. pop out and like spins yeah. yeah yeah they didn't have to and they did no it's <laughs> all, i appreciate it 
Yeah, I know. It's great. It's all fucking great. I, and like when Pam Greer like rips open her chest, like she's got like the metal rib cage inside and you see like canisters of like flammable gas in there, sort of like and lungs. Function. Yeah, uh, in in place of lungs, which, you know, they then use later to, like, kill her because they lure her into the chemistry classroom and they turn on all the Bunsen burners, like, all the gas. Yeah, clever. And then uh, he, like, what does he do? He throws an axe, like, a fire axe. Yeah. And it pierces one of the flammable gas canisters in her chest. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. Because, like, spraying out like gas and then just for extra explosion yeah and then for some reason you would think that she would realize that when there's like flammable gas spraying out of her chest that she wouldn't use her flamethrower but she does and of course ignites the whole room and fucking giant explosion and she's the only one that they don't have a funny teacher related one-liner for i will say we talked over it but uh oh did we after the fact, he says uh, she couldn't take the heat. Okay, yeah, which, uh, nice. yeah, that's 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 all right. That's all right. I'll, it's I'll, a school. Related. I'll give him that. Exactly. Yeah, because when because yeah. when he when he kills John P. Riney, like puts the Uzi in his mouth and just like annihilates his skull, Dude, which oh, is another oh, so fantastic, actually, fantastic yeah. effect. But he's like, but when he before he pulls the trigger, he says, "Your history." <laughs> but that that effect is incredible. It's incredible. Like, so like the, the bullets flying out the back of his head. You see, you see all flesh, the, gra- the green, see. the green, the green goo. goo. Yeah, you see, and you see circuitry like inside the head. Um, it's it's violent, it's powerful, and you see it all. It looks amazing. Yeah, yeah it's really incredible. incredible. Wait, like actually for for this movie, it's it 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 it, it always catches me off guard. Like yeah. like seeing like it's, such good it's effects really incredible. in such a schlocky film. Uh, well, anyway. yeah, and I will say while we're while we're praising the effects. Where they go like full Terminator with with Patrick Kilpatrick at the end. I think it's, they hit him with a bus. Yeah, they gets, hit him with a bus and he gets up. back up and he's just like you. You see the 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 endo skeleton underneath the the torn and burned flesh and stuff. It is. It's just. It's just Terminator. They do so many yeah. of the same shots. But Chuck E. Cheese Terminator. It looks not great. It, uh, but it, it's it, a little I janky. I. I respect it a lot, though, it's because janky. it's, like, all on-set puppetry. Yeah. Yes, I is... mean, there there's lots of articulation, and, like, it's, 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 they, they obviously put a lot of work into it, but I think especially in comparison to what it is so obviously aping in Terminator, right. yeah. it is... Well, it's, it's definitely not, like, a silver literal skull with red eyes, like, it's not that, it's... He's been. He looks like a like again like a Chuck E. Cheese yeah. animatronic. Um. Uh. And but I I kind of like that too. They're like yeah no they're 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 aping Terminator but they're doing their own thing with it you know like make him a make him a Chuck E. It's Cheese. Char- it's charming. I think yeah. it's I think it's fun. It 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 gives me joy. I don't think it looks very good. It makes me laugh though. Well, I and like I give it, it a pass because it looks great. Like, like, it looks it's uh, prefaced by. Uh, Patrick Kilpatrick getting run over by a fucking bus. By an armored school bus. Yeah, yeah uh, Through the school. And then, like, the the robot kill with the forklift is yes. incredible, too. I love that. Um, I, on the, on the Blu-ray, there's a uh, behind-the-scenes interview with the, the special effects lead, and it's really interesting. One of the uh, ultimate 
could have beens for this movie that I'm kind of bummed out that they couldn't conceptualize is like originally the concept for the final confrontation rather than just like a terminator like they wanted to have them all kind of meld together into like some sort of like oh, spider that type of creature with all of like their their special they, they fuse equipment. with all yeah. their weapons yeah oh, exactly yeah. but that they couldn't like sick. conceptualize it in a way that like looked good you know, yeah. so they ended up with Terminator, like, which is fine. It's fine, It's yeah. still fun. I love Stacey Keach's bit where he gets killed by the Terminator, like, just by getting punched through the gut. Yeah, because he's holding Christy hostage, and he's got a gun to her head, and the Terminator guy walks in behind him, and you see his robo-hud, and it's like, exterminate, it like, zooms in on Christie's head, is like, exterminate, and so he punches through Stacy Keach to try to get at her, so of course he's, uh, he's killed by his own creations, as is, uh, you know, perfectly appropriate. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's a, again, a, a great effect, him like punching through his gut. And then, uh, as you, as you hinted at before, uh, the way they kill, uh, the Terminator Patrick Kilpatrick is he's chasing, uh, Christy up a ladder and they're, I, I don't know what part of the school they're in, just like a, the forklift room because Cody hops onto a forklift and rams one of the spikes through the robot's back and then uh, Christy grabs a chain that's hanging from the ceiling, of course. Uh, and wraps it around the robot's neck. So Cody is like spinning the forklift around in a circle. Doing donuts. Doing donuts until the chain rips off uh, the robot's head. And he's got a great line where he's like, uh, have, a, have a nice stretch, coach, or something <laughs> yeah, like that. So good. Um, yeah, I, I love that sequence. You know, you can tell like they... They storyboarded the shit out of these sequences and, like, really paid attention to, like, how they're presenting it because it all just turned out so well. Yeah. Um, and then uh, I, I what I what I love and respect the most about a movie like this is they don't fucking dick around after this. The movie just ends. Cody and Christy walk out of yes. the high school and walk down the steps of the the burning, <laughs> destroyed high school as the sun is coming up, and a, a, a late '80s rock power ballad starts playing. That you said they got yeah uh, it's, original uh, music. The lead singer of the band Ultravox, which is a pretty <laughs> famous new wave synth pop band from the early 80s it's not a very good song they got from this gentleman disappointing part because like they commissioned the the lead singer to to write a song and it's not really related to the movie at all like you compare that to something like the dream warriors exactly yeah uh, the dawkins song right if you're gonna yeah if, if especially in a fucking 80s film if you're gonna if you're gonna fucking get an original song written for the credits, it should be telling me... They should be singing about what I just saw in the movie. Yeah. Right? Like, it should be Dream Warriors, but this is just... Uh, 
nothing related to the to the movie yeah, at all. A wet fart for oh, sure. Yeah, kind of a bummer. Yeah. Um, but still, great ending to a really spectacular and deranged film. Yes. Why don't you rate it? Oh yeah, I'll rate it. Uh, this is an easy five out of five for me. Like I said at the beginning of this episode, this is one of my favorite B movies of all time. This is one of my favorite exploitationy, uh, schlocky movies of all time. Like sure, like there's a lot of like plot elements that don't make sense, or like motivation elements, or story el- writing elements not perfect, whatever, that doesn't matter to me because all of the rest of it goes so fucking hard. Like, the cinematography, like, the special effects, the stunt work, the character actors, just, oh, so, so perfect. Clave? Yeah, um, uh, it's a joy. I think that most of the imperfections here in the story and such that you were just listing are largely to this film's benefit they're funny like it when it when it's dumb and it's bad it's 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 incredibly entertaining um i'll give it all of that i think i had a lot more fun on a rewatch with this movie i think this movie was a lot better watched with you guys where like it was it was you know minimal commentary we, we chatted a little bit but for the most part we just took in the movie and how insane it was also for me it was just nicer watching this movie a second time knowing what was coming because the back half of the film is really the the, the practical feast. Like that's yeah, where they yeah. really go crazy with with all of the incredible robot effects. And um, uh, so I was I was more dialed in th- this time around. But the front half is good. And it's fun and it's weird. But I don't I don't know if it's like five out of five uh, material for me. Uh, I'm gonna go with a strong four and a half. Yeah, I I think I'm gonna ditto that, Cleve. Um, this is yeah, this is this is a, a really spectacular experience. Um, it's it's a movie that wears its influences on its sleeve, but uh, I can't say that I've ever seen anything quite like it. Um, really fucking hidden hidden gem here. Um, I I can't believe that I I've never heard of this movie and uh, hopefully by us doing this episode on it it will uh introduce it to some more people. Uh Yeah, go check it out. It's on, fucking it's on it's on Tubi because of course this is on Tubi. Yeah, this is this is a perfect movie to be on Tubi and like absolutely go watch this. Do yourself a favor, you'll have a fantastic time. Uh that'll give the class of 1999 an incredibly strong uh, 4.7 out of 5 and a resounding recommendation from all of us um, next week uh, we have another new movie one that we didn't predict one that kind of uh, snuck out under the radar here called Out of the Darkness Out of Darkness, Out of Darkness. Um, trailer looks cool it's like prehistoric oh, horror yeah. Oh, it's I like. Um, I don't think it's like it. a created fictional language that it it all. Yeah, it it looks it looks wild. I'm I'm pretty I'm pretty excited. Um, yeah, didn't awesome. hear anything about it until just a couple of weeks ago, uh, and I also did not realize that it was coming out so soon. Uh, I think it's a I think it's a British film, an English film. Um, no anyway, oh, we'll. I haven't seen the trailer for that. I yeah, I know it. We'll be we'll be talking about that next okay. week. Um, I'm I'm pretty excited. I must say, uh, Cleveland, you wanted to do us a quick sponsor. Real, yeah, real, real, real quick. quick. Yeah, I gotta piss.
the sponsor sh bell rings upon the sponsor shelf. Oh my god, and it runs dry. There's only one solitary husk among lots of weird threads and fibers. It'll be um, time to do the rituals again. Uh, um. <laughs> okay. Well, um, this is a, a, not a, not a huge sponsor this week, um, but adjacent to a very large sponsor that we've never had. Um, so that's kind of cool. I guess this is just sort of the clout chasing part of our, uh, oh, this is our clout chasing era. Um, this episode is brought to you by Grimace's normal cousin, Dennis. Ooh, we're in the family, though. We're in the we're, we're family. Close. Yeah, we just gotta get in there. You know, stay on Dennis's good side. It's weird. He doesn't look. He just looks like a normal guy. He's just like a normal guy. Yeah, he yeah. doesn't look anything yeah. like Dennis. It's, I mean, you're grimace. It just, it's, he looks exactly like Dennis. Dennis. Well, he is Dennis. He looks but, exactly like yeah. Dennis. He's not yeah, Dennis. He doesn't look anything guy. like grimace. And yeah. like, uh, just I think like, he, like yeah, he works in accounting and shit. But like the, um, but grimace is a big purple man. Do you think? Is it like a condition? Should I ask? I don't know. I wouldn't ask. I wouldn't think about it too much. Yeah. I wouldn't think about it too well, much. Well, it's the whole situation sure is making me grimace. Thanks, Dennis, for sponsoring the podcast. And thank you, dear listener, for listening. If you like the show, be sure to leave us a five-star rating and a review wherever you're listening to this. Uh, help get us into more people's algorithms and stuff. Uh, you can also support us, of course, at patreon.com slash podpeoplepod. Shout out to all of our honorary pod boys, Sam, Zach, Micah, and Mitchell. Y'all are the the mans. Um, you can follow us at letterbox.com slash podpeoplepod. You'll find a list of all the films we've talked about on the show with our average ratings and links to those reviews. You boys got anything to recommend this week? I'm still just in my same shit. I'm reading Werner Herzog. I'm watching Werner Herzog. I'm watching Breaking Bad. I don't have anything new. I have something to recommend. I'm playing Baldur's Gate. I, uh, I had stumbled upon the show called Tropical Cocktails. It's an Adult oh. Swim original. It's by created by Jim Hosking, who created pod favorite The Greasy Strangler. And uh, it's uh, bullshit artist. It's, <laughs> it's similarly aggressively abrasive and unpleasant, like the Greasy Strangler. But it's it was on Adult Swim, and it's it's pretty fun. I like it. Okay, uh, you know it's only ten episodes. Each one is ten minutes each, so it's basically Breezy. the length of a movie. Um, but oh man, lots of weird. Stupid shit. Clave, you got anything? Yeah. Um, I don't know. I've been playing a lot of uh, this game called um, Quantum Break lately. It's pretty good. Yeah, it's the the one that the Control and Alan Wake, Wake people did, right? Yeah. It's got that guy in it who is on TV for a while that I haven't seen in years. Yeah, and the the bad guy plays the guy the actor who plays Littlefinger in Game of Thrones. Oh yeah. Um. Uh. It's got time mechanics in it that are cool um i don't uh jury's still out i mean control is like one of the okay so it's a playing. so it's a maybe soft recommendation it's a soft recommendation i'm still try I'm, well, I'm still looking into it myself you know maybe look into it too and let me know what you think all right yeah, i'm still developing an opinion on it stay tuned well thanks once again everybody for listening and until next time remember no matter what no matter what no matter what stay in school Ha, 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 ha.